Head over to Hulu this March, where our new shows and movies will keep you streaming all month long. Catch the award-winning movie Poor Things, starring Emma Stone, Mark Ruffalo, and Willem Dafoe. Check out the new documentary, Freaknik, The Wildest Party Never Told, about the iconic Atlanta street party. And don't miss FX's Shogun, a reimagining of the epic tale starring Anna Sawai. So, what are you waiting for? Go stream something new on Hulu. Mahalo Lelei, welcome to the World in Sport, I'm Koro Vakauta. This week the Flying Fijians coach wants to take the team to the next World Cup, a Tahitian tennis player looks to improve his career in New Zealand, and baseball in Fiji marks 15 years. But first, the Solomon Islands Football Federation has withdrawn its team from next year's OFC Under-17 Women's Regional Championship in the Cook Islands. On Tuesday, the Oceania Football Confederation announced a readjusted schedule for the January tournament after the withdrawal of the Solomons from the competition. The Solomon Islands Football Federation media and competitions manager Joe Bossor says there were two reasons why they're not sending a team to the OFC championships. We've invested a lot of resources into preparing the team, but at this stage, firstly, we are not satisfied with the competitiveness of the team, the ability to compete um, at the international level. Balance with the cost that it take to take part in this competition. We do not feel at this stage that it is um, a good idea to send the team. The second reason is that we've tried to find uh, funding to send the team. So far, we've not received positive responses from different stakeholders um, with, with regards towards supporting the team, this participation at the tournament. So for those two reasons, We've decided that at this stage we are not going to participate. We'd like to look at building the game for women locally, give give us one or two more years to develop competitions for young women locally in the capital and out in the provinces. And after that, we'll feel more comfortable that we can compete internationally. And that is the drive that the current executive committee is um, is working on. This must have been a tough decision to make, you know, a few months out from this tournament. It must be disappointing to come to this in the end. Yes, it is disappointing, especially for the players um, who are um, very keen and are looking forward to participating. And, and uh, But um, we are at a stage within the Federation where we are, we are regrowing and rebuilding our, our uh, processes and um a lot of things we have to consider very carefully in, in terms of what we do and what we don't do and, and not jump into everything all at once. And um, while we were able to put together a team, we've looked at the progress uh, of their training and, and we feel that the missing component has been competitions for, for the young girls locally. Uh, we can train them as um, as much as we want, but without the right conditioning that comes from competitions, um, we do not feel that we can. That this is, it is the right thing to send them to compete overseas. At the same time, like I've mentioned before, it is imperative that we um, put in place local competitions that will help to build the right uh, caliber of players to represent this country and compete internationally. Because that is what we want to do when we travel overseas to compete and not just to participate. Uh, do I understand you have a, a women's football competition that is in its second round or, or second 
uh, weekend that's that's taking place at the moment in Solomons? We do have um, a women's competition that's running at the moment. Uh, it's very much in, still in its infancy. This is the second season for it to be um, running. And um, as you can see from the first season uh, and the outcome at the Pacific Games, there's a lot more to be done for women's football before we can reach a stage where we are competitive internationally. So with the senior women, we we, we have a, a league running, but we need to put in place a second-tier competition for younger players so that there is a, a, a development pathway that way. They play in the youth league for a number of years before they go up and play in the um, senior competition. What does this withdrawal mean for the development of women's football? Does it set it back at all, or are you still optimistic about the future of women's football in Solomon Islands? I understand that um, there will be disappointment from the from the women's sector, and, and there will be a feeling that um, there is not um, there, there isn't uh, emphasis on women's football. But to put things in perspective, you have to look back at last year. We we also pulled out from the OFC futsal invitational um, competition. Given that just a few years ago we, we were at the World Cup with this code, we didn't have any local competitions for futsal. And in, in the same manner, we, we, we don't want to send a team outside. If there is no local competition, there is no local development happening in the country. We want to invest money first in local development before we start sending teams outside. So uh, this is not the first team that we have um, not sent to participate in a, in a, in a OFC competition. Last year we had the futsal team, and um, but my point of view is that the plans that are in place to bring women with the women's game forward in Solomon, Solomon Islands are in place. They will happen, and I believe that within uh, two to four years we will be able to send teams that that uh, will be able to get results. That the uh, decision not to participate this uh, next year does affect the emotion and the sentiments around women's football development. But the core and Indian objectives, they remain the same. And uh, participating is only one aspect of developing women's football. There are many other aspects which we will still hold to heart in, in achieving and, and supporting uh, with the help of OFC and also with FIFA and other local stakeholders such as uh, our major sponsor, our telecom. How about the state of the men's game? Is that at the place that it needs to be at at the moment? With the men's game, men's football at the senior level, we have a telecom league that's been running since 2011 and it is reaching maturity in terms of the competitiveness of the football and also of the um, administration of the clubs that are participating. However, we, we still need to develop two competitions beneath the senior level competition, that is the under-19s and the under-16s. And with the support of FIFA, we will be implementing from 2016 two leagues for youth and men. And that is the same um, sort of concept that we want to have for women's football. And also, if you extend um, your outreach to, to look at futsal, we don't have a national futsal competition at the moment, and that is one of the things we want to implement as well. There's a lot of work to be done across the board with football, and I don't think in this instance women's football is being singled out. The Solomon Islands Football Federation Media and Competitions Manager, Joe Bosso. Flying Fijians coach John McKee says Fiji rugby needs to start working towards the 2019 Rugby World Cup. 
McKee's current tenure is due to end in 2017 and the flying Fijians are not even guaranteed a place at the next tournament in Japan. However, McKee told Vinnie Wiley he wants to help Fiji make it back to the big dance. As I've you know, told the, the people back home here in, in um, Suva and, and, and the board and, and the other stakeholders that, that really we need to start working towards 2019 now. I think in the past, in the two years after the World Cup, not a lot's happened and, and then in the last two years everyone's trying to get things sorted for the Rugby World Cup so now we need to start looking at our, our team profile going forward and, and, and blending some new players into our squad so that two years out from, the, from 2019 we really know what our World Cup squad looks like and, and make sure that we play those players in as many of the chess matches we can in, in the final two years of the build-up. Yeah, you obviously have only been in charge, as you say, for 18 months, so you obviously feel like there's still a lot to give, and you've indicated, obviously, amidst some rumours about other coaching opportunities that you do want to stay on for that four years up until 2019? Yeah, certainly. I mean, the, you know, I think I've started something here, and, and, and you know, I'd like to, I'd like to um, finish off what I start, and, and, you know, my contract here is for another two years. You know, I I'm, I'm really would like to see that I could um, secure that, contract to be extended to, to 2019 I mean I, I, for, for me and for Fiji Rugby I don't see the point of having a coach here for two years and then and then changing mid, mid course on the way to 2019 I think they've got to make their decisions now and and, and secure that secure their continuity right through as soon as possible Have you had indications from the board or Fiji Rugby that they're open to that? Oh look oh, yeah, the, 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 the indications are that they're keen for that to happen yes and have there been other offers of, you know, suggestions of other jobs that you have had to turn down or have... Oh, look, look I, haven't, I haven't turned anything down. You know, but there's been, I mean, there's, there's been a lot of media speculation. That we know that Japan are looking for a, for a coach in, um, in the new Super Rugby team. I mean, my name's been mentioned around that. I mean, I've had, I've had one conversation with, um, you know, representative of the Japanese Rugby Union and... and about that and, and, and nothing further. So, you know, there's been a lot of media talk about that and I'm, I'm, I'm really in the dark as much as everyone else about well, what exactly is happening over there. So, John, you know, with only 18 months in the job, if you get another four years, I mean, what are the things you'd be able to do in that time that you maybe haven't been able to implement yet? What sort of, you know, would a bit more time allow you to achieve with this team? Well, you know, we, we look, at, look at the age profile of our squad now. You know, we know that some of our players that are currently... In the, in the flying figs into this World Cup, you know, just just by their age, would be highly unlikely that they'll play in, in the next World Cup. So we need to we need to start to bring some new younger players into the squad. But I don't want to make wholesale changes just for the sake of it. You know, I'd like to I'd like to manage that that change process. So as new players come in, that they come into a group which is very experienced and, and, and you know and understand the requirements of test match rugby. So that, so that over time, the, the, those players, um, gain ex- the, the newer players gain experience in, in the correct sort of environment. And then, as I say, you know, from sort of 2017 on, that, that we know what our, our squad looks like and, 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 and we really play that, that squad in as many tests as possible. I mean, it's also, you know, we have to re-qualify for the next World Cup, so there's some, some challenges there. I mean, the, the indications are that the initial the initial qualification process for the Pacific will take place over over 26 
16, 20, 17. So it's, it's very important that we have you know a very strong um, team in, in all those games, especially those ones that will that will um, lead towards qualification for the for the next World Cup. Yeah, and, and that's of course all three Pacific countries who all finished fourth in their groups uh, over in the World Cup. Um, is, is there any way that all three can make? the World Cup in 2019 that you're aware of, John? I mean, if they get oh, look, rankings there's, up? There's, there's, there's been some various um, things talked about. I mean, it, it's, it's all really speculation at, at the moment. And, and I know World Rugby, uh, you know, they, they, they work on all those things. Um, it's an important meeting for us all in, in terms of the two, Tier 2 nations at the end of November where, where all the... The tier two nations will will uh, meet for a, a two or three day seminar run by World Rugby and and you know part of that's going to be talking about the uh, Rugby World Cup qualification processes for for all those teams that requiring qualification and, and also around the the test match schedule for the next next four year cycle. Fiji's rugby coach John McKee. Tahitian tennis player Heavy Kelly says his recent Davis Cup experience will hold him in good stead for the future. The 18-year-old was part of the Pacific Oceania Davis Cup team that won promotion to Group 3 earlier this year in Bahrain. Kelly's been attending school in Auckland since September in an effort to combine his schoolwork, improve his tennis and possibly gain a U.S. university scholarship. He talked to Vinnie Wiley about his experience. It was really a, a brilliant uh, experience. It was the first time I went to the Davis Cup. I went earlier also on January with Jill. He was the captain. Also, we went to do the TL in the Melbourne Park at the Australia Open. So it was it was really good. And then after that one, I got at the Davis Cup with Jill. So it was a really a great experience. First time I I did a, those kind of trip, and it was I played like so much like stronger players than I used to play in Tahiti. The Pacific Oceania men's team had had a few years of uh, tough results and a a lot of their players were quite experienced and had been around a long time and some of your teammates were this year. But um, you, of course, were, you know, I think only 18 at the time, so very young coming through that that next wave. Um, Did you feel welcomed into the team uh, amongst all those senior players? And, of course, Jill Jill had been playing for them before and was now the captain as well, I guess, who you knew? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it, it was, uh, yeah. It, I, I only like when I arrived, I feel like, uh, like it was like a, a second family. Yeah, they, they were like, they welcomed me and then they, every day they explain what, what I have to do, what I will have to do, what, uh, and then Jill was coaching me what strategy I should play against him and then against this guy. And then, uh, yeah, we were like all day together talking about tennis and then going out and everything to eat. So it was it was really it was really a, a good time with the, this team. And so now you find yourself in New Zealand. You've completed your high school in Tahiti. Uh, so h- how did the opportunity to come to New Zealand come about? And 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 what are you doing here? And and what are you hoping to achieve? Like I, we don't have a school uh, doing school and and tennis at the same time and I needed to I wanted to have that sort of school so I knew Jill in New Zealand so we try to like find a way to get me in the St. Kentigal College School because Jill told me so many great things about that school told me it was a 
great level of tennis and everything. Play we we can play like every day. Train uh, on the weekend sometimes because I, I I'll be in the boarding house. So now here here I am. I, I'm at the Saint Kent again and I'm playing every day. Trying to have I'm trying to have the certificate called SAT. And so thanks to that certificate, I will be able to go to the United States for university. So yeah, that, that's my that's my goal for next year. That's Tahitian tennis player Heavy Kelly. As baseball marks 15 years of official play in Fiji, there are signs of a revival in interest. The introduction of the sport in Fiji was largely because of the Pacific Games in 2003, but progress has been hampered after the local baseball diamond was demolished three years later. However, momentum could be picking up again, with the Fiji Islands Baseball and Softball Association holding an inter-primary competition for the first time in six years over the weekend. FIBSA Development Officer Enoke Nyumbalavu says there's hope for the fledgling sport. Baseball is uh, slowly growing. Uh, it's a bit uh, tough for us in terms of competing with the uh, major sports, but the interest uh, has grown over the years uh, with, with the kids uh, through our primary school program and also a community-based program that, were, that we've been running for the past three years now. So we've uh, slowly learned from our past mistakes and slowly trying to adapt and uh, introducing new ways of how we go about trying to develop the sport. So for the past three years, we started with a community-based activity, which we saw it's uh, more successful uh, in trying to get the consistency of kids playing and the numbers and the interest growing. Roughly around 300, because we are just more focused here in, in, in the Central Super Division. And on Saturday... It was actually one of our more successful events that we've ever organized. We got around 129 kids, ranging from the age of under 10s, under 12s, and under under 14s, so nine nine to to 14 years old, that competed in the tournament on Saturday. Cricket is quite strong in, in Fiji. Is, is that the main uh, rival in terms of attracting people, or or does that help games like cricket, interest in cricket? Does that help, uh, you know, a, t- a sport like baseball? Uh, cricket is one of the uh, the older sport. Actually, it's older than rugby here in Fiji. So when the English came in, they, they first introduced cricket here in Fiji. I think it's a, it's a benefit for us. And it also helps our development work, but uh, we tend to more focus on our program and uh, don't want to piggyback behind the cricket because they're also focusing on the development program as well and on the athletes. So we want to like, build uh, players within our program that we can focus on more like a long-term uh, development for us. Right now, because uh, we've got a, a coach uh, from Japan, Mr. Masahiro Shirakawa from Japan. Uh, he's been here with us uh, for one year now. He's got uh, one more year term left. He's really uh, helped us uh, in terms of uh, creating a value for our kids program, our baseball program, and also getting the, the numbers uh, of kids uh, taking baseball. With the, the competition on Saturday, it's, it's a primary school uh, program that actually I myself was in New Zealand and I, I learned, implemented the program that I learned uh, when I was in, uh, in, uh, in New Zealand in 2008. Yeah, I was in uh, in, uh, in uh, North, northern uh, Whangarei in uh, 2008, uh, helping them with the uh, development. So uh, the program that they used in, in Whangarei and I think also Baseball New Zealand is exactly 
what I'm trying to implement here in Fiji. So we we following the same concept. Any adults teams that are playing uh, baseball in Fiji? We do have a, a adult team, but since our, our coach, the Japanese uh, coach came in last year, we tend to be more focused on the, our kids and our youth because uh, competition with the national team is not easy because uh, we, we only have uh, like the Pacific Games. So every four years, it's like a tournament that the senior players go and compete in. For the past three years, and when our coach, the Japanese coach came in last year, so we've just been more focused on our kids and our youth. And in, in uh, 2011, uh, in New Caledonia, we came uh, fifth. Well, the other countries uh, were really impressed at how we've developed for the past 10 years, back then in 2011. This year, the Pacific Games in uh, PNG, there was no baseball, only softball. So, so now, our long-term plan now is the 2019 Pacific Games to look forward to. And that will have, have baseball in, do you think? Tonga has expressed interest in including baseball and softball, so men's baseball, probably women's softball, and probably link it with the 2020 Tokyo Olympic Games. That's FIBSA Development Officer Enoke Nyubalavu. And that's the World in Sport for this week. I'm Kurova Kauta. Maumea. Botox Cosmetic, out of botulinum toxin A, FDA approved for over 20 years. So, talk to your specialist to see if Botox Cosmetic is right for you. For full prescribing information, including boxed warning, visit BotoxCosmetic.com or call 877-351-0300. Remember to ask for Botox Cosmetic by name. To see for yourself and learn more, visit BotoxCosmetic.com. That's BotoxCosmetic.com.